Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. I'm Eric Devonier, and today I'm here with Janae. And Janae is going to share a story uh, about her life, and she's going to, um, through her story, illustrate perseverance and strength and her ability to uh, draw closer to God despite uh, some of the circumstances that, that have surrounded her in her life. And so, Janae, just want to say welcome. Thank Glad you. you're here. Thank you. Um, and so, Janae, I'd like to start. You had mentioned that uh, previously that you were baptized at the age of eight, but that you had your real conversion at 16. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that conversion experience and, and what led up to it? Yes. Um, so my mom was a member of the church, and um, <clears throat> we, were, we were less active after um, my mom got divorced, and she was basically single mom. Um, and we, we went through some really hard times and struggled. Um, and because of what I was witnessing in my life, seeing my mom struggle after the divorce and her, some of her mental health issues, um, living in a homeless shelter for a while, I, I got really bitter towards yeah. God. Oh. Um, couldn't believe in a God that treated his children differently. So, you know, to see that some of his children were blessed and taken care of and had warm and loving families. And I was put in a family where I didn't know my dad and um, my mom was in a, a tough marriage and then a subsequent divorce and then extreme poverty. It just didn't seem fair to me. I, I couldn't believe to me, either God was was loving and kind and just and merciful and all of those things, or He didn't exist at all. Right. And all the evidence in my life pointed to that He, He didn't. That kind of God didn't exist. Right. The kind of God that I saw was uh, not taking care of me. Yeah, that that is something uh, you know, and I, um, I just can't imagine what that would feel like for you in that circumstance and, yeah. and just wondering why am I being treated this way? Yeah. And, and I say that with, you know, um, just all the compassion in the world towards that experience that you've had, but I've also heard that from other people. Yeah. That, that, you know, when they have tragedies happen in their lives, I mean, circumstances that are just awful. I mean, when you're talking about homelessness and divorce, just all of the insecurity, right, that, that surrounded you in your childhood, and you just think, how is this connected to this character of God I've been told to believe in? Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people in difficult circumstances have that question. Why is it going like this for me? So how did you respond to that question? Yeah, I, I mean, my, my reaction was to just completely distance myself from him and, and pretend like he didn't exist. I don't know that I could ever really get rid of the idea of God because I had had some experiences in my younger years of feeling His His presence in my life, but um, I, I had to just put it away for a while. I had to pretend like He didn't exist, and I think, um, you know, because of that, um, I just I became extremely bitter, and, um, you know, watching my mom, she was a member, she continued uh, she was excommunicated, but she continued to uh, pay tithing and do all kinds of wow. things um, that didn't make sense to me. 
she got rebaptized and I but I just I looked at her and I thought this isn't working out for her she's a member and yet like her life is a wreck and um, so I'm just gonna disassociate myself from everything that my mom has a part of and um, and that included God because I couldn't see him or feel him in my life yeah so how how did you uh, what what happened in that circumstance that brought you to a conversion at, at 16? Like just yeah. a little bit. I mean, you're you're watching all of this. You're thinking none of this is working. Why is this going on? So what led to a, a conversion moment at that age? Yeah. So I I was in a lot of trouble, and my mom and my grandpa were really worried about me. So they decided to fast and pray for me. And um, they, in response to that prayer, my mom had the impression to move. Um, and she was going to pull me out in the middle of the semester in high school. Um, and I was, wow. you know, and my, but my friends were a really bad influence and I had gotten into a lot of trouble. And so um, she felt like it was urgent and, and she would lose me if, if, we, if we didn't do that. Um, so she decided that, that, that we were going to move. And... Um, my friends concocted this big plan for me to run away, and um, and I am pretty sure that they I wouldn't have been found. I mean, I was going to live with a friend's uncle, and anyways, um, but as I was making plans to run away, I I had an image come into my mind of two roads forking past, and one of the roads I could see down my my life was, was dark and not good and the other path i could see was light and i could see happiness and so even though i didn't want to go with my mom and i didn't want to move and i was really upset about it i had a, a strong witness that i needed to go and i didn't understand it but i didn't want what I saw is scared me. The, the, the life that I saw for myself on the dark side scared me. Um, and so I, we moved and we, we moved to across the state. <laughs> I lost all those credits, which put my oh, graduation at oh, risk. Yeah. Um, but I just, I continued to just kind of, you know, not have a faith, not have faith, not believe. Um, but this is going to be a long answer to your question. No, no, this is great though, because what's interesting is, is so, just to be clear, you know, you, you, you see that image of the, the two paths, right, that are, that are forking, and you take the one that you see that has light to it, but that didn't necessarily change your belief in God, no, no. but you knew that that was good in some way and yep. that you needed to follow it, even if you lost all those credits, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah, wow. So, um, and it was so emotionally disturbing to me to see what would happen had I stayed mm -hmm. and ran away that... I just, I was, it, I, I knew, but interesting that I still didn't really internalize that and, and, and turn towards God at that point. Um, anyways, so about a year later on my 16th birthday, um, my mom came into my room and um, she was all serious and she said, um, I, I have something that I need to tell you. <laughs> um, and she said, you know how you have grown up thinking that Willie is your dad. And um, this guy, by the way, this man didn't ever want to have anything to do with me. He met me when I was a toddler, but okay. didn't want to have anything to do with me, didn't pay child support, just didn't want to have anything to do with me. Oh. He, he wanted my mom to have an abortion when he found out. 
that she was pregnant. Um, and so he wasn't really in my life anyways, but she said, there's a possibility that you might have a different dad. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, a possibility even, right? So, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, and I was like, are you kidding me? You never told me about this. I had absolutely no, no idea. And she said, um, this guy has been trying to get a hold of me and finally got a hold of me and he thinks that you should know and that you deserve to know who, who your dad is. So can I tell you a little bit about my dad's yeah, yeah, of course. portion of this? Yeah. Um, so my dad always had a feeling that he had um, conceived a child after his, um, his experience with my mom. And he, he couldn't let it go. He just, he felt like he had my mother um, at the time um, was trying to actually straighten out her life and come back into the church. And so she just wanted to distance herself from that situation. Um, and her doctor said there's actually no way that this other guy, his name's Brian, was the dad, that it was probably Willie, this other guy. Right, right. Okay. So she went with what the doctor said. Um, my dad was working with his stake president to repent and his stake president told him, you need to walk away from this because you don't know that she's your daughter. Right. And, um, she's the, you know, the woman's told you that it's probably not. So you need to walk away from this and start a new life. And, right. um, so he did. And he, um, when he got married, he told his, um, fiance and soon to be wife that there was a possibility that he had a child out there. So he just wow. planted that yeah. seed, um, because he always felt like he did. Yeah. Um, and as the years would go by, he would think to himself, you know, she would be four right now. Oh, she'd start school now. Um, we had this connection, even though we didn't know each other. And often through the years, I would have similar feelings, I would think about my dad and think about what it would be like to meet him and I wanted to know who my grandparents were. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it was always this hole in my life and I always wanted to fill it. I felt this huge, this huge gap of not knowing my father. Um, anyways, so um, through DNA testing, we found out that this other guy was actually my dad. So he was, he was right. And the other guy was not my dad. And that would be, so Brian, right? <laughs> Brian is your father is, and, was my dad. Willie for sure is not, even though it was right. thought that way. Right. And um, yep, wow. he had gotten married. He had six children, lived in Utah and was an active member of the church. Um, and so we met um, shortly after we got the DNA test. He flew up to Washington. I was living in Washington at the time and got to meet him. Um, and he was just so faithful and just so mm -hmm. open about his faith and what he believed. Um, and I started, I started to think that maybe, maybe God had brought us together. Like maybe God had done this wonderful thing for me after all, and had mm -hmm. been, um, preparing this for me and preparing my rescue. Um, and prior to meeting my dad, I, and this was, um, I think I was about 10 years old, I had a dream that I got to meet my dad. 
and I saw his car. <laughs> and um, anyways, when I actually met my dad, <laughs> that was his car. Wow. <laughs> it's silly, but it was a confirmation to me that God had really been watching out for me. Yeah. All of those years he was involved, um, but needed to wait, wait for the right time. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, you know, listening to your story, you can see the, the parallels of both of those stories, that you're, you're um, drawing closer to God is connected to you drawing closer to your uh, biological father. Yeah. Right, and that, that those things sort of parallel each other. That, yeah. And that even though um, you know you felt like you were, you, you felt you were in very difficult circumstances. You had you had described that as being a very dark time for yeah. you. You know, yeah. as a younger person, that that God was still there. That yeah. that even though it was hard for you to feel that at that moment, and we we don't always know the answers to all those questions about yeah. why couldn't God just you know, give you guys a house or take all this away or have yeah. your dad show up sooner. We don't know how all of those things work out, but it's the idea that there was that presence that somehow followed through your life. Mm -hmm. I was really touched by you describing your biological father thinking about, oh, this is how old she would be, mm -hmm. about you going to school. And, and in some ways, right, that parallel about your heavenly father thinking about that, mm -hmm. about you as well, that mm -hmm. this is where she is. This is what I need to do to help her draw closer to me. Yeah, and that was, for me, that was the turning point was mm -hmm. um, if my, you know, if my, my earthly dad, my biological dad would go through so much effort to bring me um, into his life and he I, I went to live with him when I was 16 and he didn't care about his reputation I mean, can you imagine I was obviously a child that was born out of wedlock and he didn't care about his reputation He just cared about doing the right thing and um, I was I was so impressed by that and so so amazed that he would be willing to do so much for me That I thought maybe just maybe that might be what God is like Well, you have you know, despite all the difficulty, with you have these examples of devotion. You have your mom who, mm -hmm. you know, paying tithing, who's, who's had her own issues, you know, mm -hmm. with, with the church and things, but she keeps working at it, mm -hmm. keeps going, pulls you out of school, loses all those credits, all of those things because she believes in this vision of mm -hmm. who you could be. Mm -hmm. And then your dad, your biological father who doesn't even know you, has that same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and so all of those things coalesce uh, for you around this idea of a loving God. Right. That, yes. That he's doing the same thing. Yes, absolutely. And I, I finally, I, I got to the point where I, I thought I have to find out. I have to know um, if this is real or not because you know I gave up on him. So, I, I remember my first prayer that I said for you know I had probably been years and years since I had prayed, and in my prayer, um, I just said you know started off similar to what a lot of people, people's prayers have been in the past, but just, you know, Heavenly Father, if you're there, if you're real, then please just let me know. <laughs> and if you are, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And he answered that prayer. Yeah, that's a, um, what a beautiful thing. Right for you to be able to reach out and to use that faith that you have, um, and 
And that, you know, what, what I love about that, how clearly you understand the implication of God's presence. Mm-hmm. That, that if God is there, I, I want to have this relationship with you hereafter. Yeah. And I want to do yeah. what you want me to do because I know it will bring happiness and it will bring me to you. Yep. And so how has that been? So you have that conversion experience at 16. Um, things, you know, things are really difficult. And then things start to change for you. Life starts yeah. to get a little bit better, a little bit more happiness and peace that comes in. So how did it go after, after the age of 16? Yeah, I, I, like I mentioned, I went to live with my dad. So I came to Utah, um, finished up my, my schooling. I had to do packets. I barely graduated <laughs> from high school um, and um, made some really great friends who were a good influence. And I was on fire about the gospel, like just on yeah, fire. And the people, um, I remember just thinking some of my friends that were so um, lazy or lackadaisical <laughs> about the gospel, I was just like, do you guys know who Jesus is? Like, <laughs> this is the best thing ever. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I just was, I just had such a testimony and it was burning in me. And I really, I mean, it was, it was such a, a, a Saul to Paul type of yeah. a conversion. And almost overnight, the way that I just grabbed onto it and caught on fire, um, and so I, I had all this excitement and vigor for the gospel. Um, and then, you know, you, I, I got married, started having kids, started having significant health problems. Um, yeah. and, and things didn't seem as simple as they were before. I, for me, you know, once I had gotten my answer, I was all in and, um, I didn't really question or, you know, do do much to learn more deep in my faith because I was like, I'm I'm in, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm I'm here and God has rescued me and I'm, um, but I I felt a lot of guilt any time that I had questions, yeah. or that I struggled because I thought um, I didn't have the right to to struggle or to even not be grateful because God had done such an amazing miracle. I mean, you know, to have something like that happen to you and then to to doubt or to have questions or to struggle, um, it just just felt like, um, you know, he already saved me once. I I can't use, I used that up. I used my one chance. (laughs) The the jail out of free card. I I can't, you know, I can't do that again. And so um, when things started getting more complex and things started not making sense, I have an autoimmune disease um, of lupus and um, dealt with lots of um, health issues and trials that way. Um, and then I had some, some doctrine problems and some problems with a, a, a church leader um, and other issues. I just I felt like um, things may not have been as simple as I thought. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe I maybe there maybe there were some things that I didn't understand. Because um, yeah, it, it seems like you know, because you, in some ways, you know, you want to stop the podcast right after sixteen and just be like, oh, good, she's great, <laughs> yeah. everything's fine, yeah, yep, everything's great. Um, good luck with the rest of your life, but it, yeah, it's not like that, yeah. right? And, and yep. that's one of the things I love about. Uh, your story and admire about you is, is that there's this recognition that, yeah, I've had this conversion moment, but that's not what faith is. No. Uh, it's a part of it, and, it, and it's, yeah. it's integral, uh, it's essential, but that faith is about that process that, that 
is a part of that, but then comes after. Mm -hmm. And that growth and that relationship, and it feels like as a, as a listener, I'm like, okay, well, you don't, you shouldn't have to deal with anything else, right? After, <laughs> after 16, like, you're good, you should just be able to live your life and be fine. But yet, after this moment, there you have these other issues that, yeah. that crop mm -hmm. up. You mentioned doctrinal issues, issues with a church leader, health issues, mm -hmm. issues that we, uh, that we all, I think, deal with in some way, shape, or form, yeah. right, to some mm -hmm. degree. Um, so how did you work through, and, and maybe you can talk about all of them, or you can talk about one specifically, how did you work through that. So after all you have been through, mm -hmm. now suddenly, and, and I love what you said too, which is important that you've even felt guilty mm -hmm. for questioning it yeah. because you felt like the Lord had done so much. Yeah. So how did you work through some of these other challenges or maybe one of those challenges as you went through? Yeah, um, I think I had to get, so I had, I, I had gotten conversion in the presence of God, like the reality of God in the, in the Savior and His atonement and um, I had to gain a testimony and a witness of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, because you can find Jesus other places. <laughs> it doesn't have to be here, right? Yeah. Um, and so I needed to learn for myself and gain a witness that um, this, is, this is where you can find the most truth and the most goodness and where the power of the priesthood is. And, um, and temple work was a big part, lots of doing lots of family history and serving the temple was a big part of that for me. Um, and, and the Book of Mormon and just gaining a testimony of those things that this is the, the way to get close to God. This is the best way to get close to God. You can find him other places, but if you really want to know about the true nature of God and his generosity, his goodness, and how he deals with his covenant people, it's going to be in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, I had to gain that testimony by kind of stripping everything away and going down to the, to the basics. Like, okay, well, <laughs> um, let's, just start with, let's just start with being nice to other people. And then, <laughs> and then let's move yeah, on. Like, I, I could spend my whole life trying to master that. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray about the Book of Mormon, and I'm going to think about the principles in the Book of Mormon, and then... The prophets and then you know the, the priesthood and, and our current prophet and just kind of testing those things and building them one at a time and realizing that my testimony can't just be on Jesus Christ and truly he's the cornerstone right, right. And, and an important part of the foundation but I also needed to have a sure witness that the prophet Joseph Smith was a true prophet and that the Book of Mormon is the Word of God and I do have that witness and I, I will never leave, just like I told the Lord, once I know I'm yours forever. When I found out for myself that all the things that the church teaches are true, and that the Book of Mormon really is the Word of God, and all of those important pieces of my testimony, and got those witnesses, I know, and I can't leave, because this is the place now, like yeah. forever for me. Um, and I that we talked about this earlier but like so much of my life journey has been about finding finding my earthly father finding my heavenly father but finding finding where the where the truth really is and where i can learn about my true identity mm -hmm. and you know learning about my biological father that i mean, just getting when he sent me pictures of my grandparents and my genealogy it was just like 
finding out a big piece of who I was yeah. and learning that I'm part of Covenant Israel and that I am a daughter of God and I get to be part of the gathering of Israel. These are important pieces of my identity that make me who I am. And it's, it's, it's integrated within me now. And it sounds like, I mean, does, does this sound accurate that, that it's those core principles and the, that core part of your identity that has gotten you through those other things like, you know, the uh, chronic illness yeah. or doctrinal issues or leadership issues mm -hmm. that, that I have to, what I hear you saying is I have to go back mm -hmm. and think about this. And, and I think what's really interesting because the way we talked about it in the podcast, we talked about your conversion experience at 16, mm -hmm. but we're really, what we're talking about is the beginning yep. of that conversion yep. process. Mm -hmm. And then what we're talking about is as we go, as we move forward, you have had, and I think you use this phrase, a stripping away of these other things and focusing on these core mm -hmm. things and then realizing, okay, this is what I need to mm -hmm. do. Because I think one of the things that's, um, you know, sometimes difficult about churches or organized religion, you know, especially for an introvert like me, is, is you have all of these people together mm -hmm. who are trying to be like God. So it's not simply you in a monastery and God comes to you and says, okay, we have this relationship now right. and you stay there forever, mm -hmm. you know, for the rest of your life. You, you now, in this case, you're converted, you have seen me, you felt this presence, but now I need you to be with other people mm -hmm. who are trying to. Mm -hmm. And I need you to work with them and, and be kind to them. And, and, yes. I, and I really think there's a, a beauty to that, mm -hmm. um, but it's not an easy thing. It's not, it's not. But you, you know, and I, I think it's so much easier to just think that your spirituality is this vertical, or horizontal relationship and um, between you and God. And, you know, if you just keep getting more and more spiritual and have this, you know, rock solid relationship right. with the Lord, then everything's going to be okay. But um, it's, that's not what we're commanded. We're com I mean, we're commanded both of those things. We're commanded this to love the Lord your God, but also to love your fellow neighbor in this vertical relationship. And so we, we, have, to, we have to have both of them in, to, to progress spiritually and to, to, to transcend the self and the natural man because yeah. The church is what helps you to overcome the natural man and to help other people. I, I can't even think about what my journey would have looked like without the people that came into my life. I mean, yeah. the, it, was, it was literally the hand of the Lord in so many instances where it was somebody else that was coming in and intervening and, um, and being there for me. And so I have a great desire to do that for other people. That's why I'm here today sharing right. Right. this vulnerable story is I really hope to be able to pass that on to somebody else in the same kind of way that it was gifted to me. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think you've done that, and we, we are so appreciative for you sharing your story because I think it not only gives hope to people who have similar challenges or have had difficult circumstances in their childhood, it gives hope to the people helping those mm -hmm. people as well and realizing how interconnected we are, just, just how much faith that your mom and your father had in in you mm -hmm. as, a, as a child and what they wanted for you and that that was connected to their relationship to God. Mm -hmm. Just like your relationship to anyone who listens to this podcast and giving them hope is connected to your relationship to God too. Mm -hmm. And so we really appreciate your story. I, I'm just so grateful. I, the, the more we've, we've talked in these podcasts and interviewed people, the more we realize that that 
conversion really is a process. Yes. And in your case, it has been really marvelous to watch. You have that beginning event, but then to see how you have addressed those things over years and have stayed true to your word. Once you found the truthfulness of God, you have stayed with him. So thank you so much for your story. Oh, thank you. Thank you.